This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything. From which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However... When it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome to Rob Ryan Red, a Wrexham FC podcast by Nathan Salt and Rich Faye, bringing you all the latest views, news and interviews from around the race course. Now, if you're new around here, make sure to subscribe. But enough of that. Let's get on with the show. Hello, is that ITV at 5pm? The chase is on. Wrexham win again, five in a row, up to third in the league. Stockport in our sights. Next up, Boreham Wood in the Vanarama National League next Tuesday. We've beaten the mighty Aldershot. We've beaten the mighty Kings Lynn. Bring them on. Wrexham, like we said, on the rise. Naif, one year of the podcast as well. It's been a bumper week for us. How are you doing? I'm, well, I'm very excited, Rich. I mean, it's, uh, you know, like I say, year of the podcast, which is great. And uh, I, I very much enjoyed celebrating that over the weekend. And even better that we've gone and got the points. I know it was Ben Toza's birthday, uh, the day of the Kingsland match. And I, I wished him all the best. He was celebrating with his family today. They didn't make it to the game. So happy birthday belatedly to Ben. But yeah, lots of celebrating. Look, Rich, it's hard to be mad, isn't it, at much? And I know... There is something we've got to address later in the podcast that is serious. But for now, let's focus on the positivity. I mean, Stockport are in that position now, Rich, where they are the hunted and we are the hunter. And you know what? I saw a tweet from someone quite well respected in in the National League circles um, saying that, you know, Wrexham are playing rubbish teams and, you know, they're, they're they're not really, I don't see them as a contender for the title. That's great. Write Wrexham off. Just keep keep writing us off. I yeah, um, can I just say as well, I saw that I saw that tweet as well. We beat Boreham Wood 3-0 and then we beat Chesterfield yeah. away from home 2-0. So if they're the rubbish teams then exactly. we're going to absolutely breeze this league. Yeah, you know what I mean? So, but but I I don't care. we know that winning away at Chesterfield was a massive result. You no know, getting away from it. We saw Parky celebration. We've already addressed that on on Twitter spaces or or on here. Uh, and and we could see what that meant. I, I'm fine, Rich. I'm totally fine with, if anything, I prefer it. I prefer other people not burdening us with the pressure because when we're playing shackles off, almost slipping a bit further away from the ch- from the leading pack actually suited us. It's in, in a weird sort of sort of way. It kind of just meant, okay, Stockport are going to sail off into the sunset and, and now Stockport are looking at us going... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, someone made that uh, video that I, I t- retweeted on uh, on Wednesday night about um, a scene from Cars. I don't know if it's Cars 1 or Cars 2, Disney Pixar, for any uh, fans, film buffs among us, of uh, Lightning McQueen. I wonder if people who watch Cars land. consider themselves to be film buffs. Uh, I mean, it's a great film, mate. I'm not knocking it. That it's, is true. I, it's, I, I enjoy it. I mean, it was actually when my cousin was very young, it was his favourite film, watched about three times a day. But the the scene of, yeah, Light McQueen, he said that was Stockport, stumbling to the line now. Look, they're still playing very well, Stockport. And if they go win all their games, congratulations, good luck to them. Dave Challenger's a great manager at this level. But the seed of doubt is there when you're the, when, you know, when you're the, being, when you're the hunted. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it, it's, yeah, you want to be on top, but Wrexham are in a good position. You know, Tuesday night is absolutely massive. That that will really, you go win that, and I don't want to hear any 
Wrexham have only played rubbish teams and uh, you know, uh, they're not really beating anyone of caliber and other teams have got players missing and stop that, stop that nonsense. Or like Wrexham, you know, I saw another one, Wrexham are paying well over the odds anyway, you know, they're giving Paul Mullin like, you know, 150 grand a week or whatever the figure is. Um, you know, just amazingly, Wrexham can't just let be, you know what I mean? People can't just sort of let Wrexham go do their thing. That's what thing, I love. And That's what yeah, I it love is great. It is, it we is used great. to say last season, the season before, so many other teams in this league used to feel sorry for us and pity us. <laughs> We're hated again. And I relish that. I want to be the most hated team in the league. I want people to be, one, jealous, which most teams are. I think, to be honest, every team outside maybe the Premier League and some Premier League teams are jealous, you know, of the... The, the people we've got, again, we say in charge. I mean, Ryan Reynolds, we're recording this on the Wednesday night, has been on the one show tonight, again, saying they're stewards of the club. They are. They're not owners. He, they always want to differentiate with that. And, you know, it's just fantastic. I love seeing these rival fans get so angry. And I love all these rival fans talking about Wrexham so much, just bringing us into conversations that have got nothing to do with us, making chants up with our name and that I've got nothing to do with us. Did it's, you see that Cardiff City chant? Did you see that yeah. Cardiff City channel way at Huddersfield? And they randomly brought Rex. It didn't even make, really make a lot of sense. The chant, to be honest, but it was about it was, was just it Tommy bizarre. Doyle who played. Who's that on? Was it? Yeah, Tommy Doyle. Was bizarre. it Tommy Doyle? It was, or it was someone who's on loan from Man City or Matt Smith or someone? But they made a chant up saying like he didn't sign for Wrexham because we're beep beep. Yeah, he, but, no, well, he didn't like, sign for Wrexham why? because we didn't try to sign him, and he Man City aren't gonna be loaning a player to the National League. Why but are like, you so rattled right. by us? I mean, I love it. <laughs> but, you know, in years gone by, we just weren't rattling anybody really, were we? We were getting rattled by Fleetwood or, or Luton, you know, recording this now, Luton are 2-1 up against Chelsea. So it just shows what can happen when you, when you do break through the barrier. And will it be this year, Rich? I don't know if it will be this year. I think that I've probably never felt as optimistic during the season as I have as I do in this moment, and you could say, well, you know, five, that's what five wins will do, but I really feel like we've shown different types of performances. You know, we've shown that dominant win against Aldershot. Shouldn't have conceded that last-minute goal. That should have been a clean sheet all day of the week. Dominant win. You know, we talk a lot about the home form. We've, we've put four past them. Could have been more. Kings win, okay, it didn't... The atmosphere wasn't great, was it? You've got to be honest. It, it, you're going to get those nights. you just got to go out and get a win. Could we have scored more there? Most definitely. We could have scored more there. Keepers pulled off some great saves. You know, Wheelston, okay, they're they're not a good team. And yet, we Every team pulled out has a win. That, yeah, but we pulled again, out a win where... That's what I said before, though. Like, go on. There's almost this false perception that if a team's good, they never have gritty wins or they never, sure. you know, sort of get those clutch moments, but every top team does it. I mean, again, I know it's Premier League, but we saw Man City scrape past Everton, dubious handball decision, mm. etc. This is City, and that's an Everton who are in crisis themselves, but it's just about getting those wins against the odds, and that's what makes a team so good. And again, that's a sign of a team who are going to be up there at the right end of the table at the end of the season, because we don't give up now, and heads aren't dropping. We've got that experience, and again... Now we've got so many talented players, they just believe in themselves that if they get a chance, they'll, they'll take it. And you mentioned there as well, clean sheets. I mean, it's annoying because if we had that Aldershot clean sheet, it would have been clean sheets against Boreham Wood, Aldershot, Kingsland mm. and Chesterfield. You know, it's about keep... Like we, we said again at the start of the season, Parkey's been billed to us as this defensive manager, but we weren't seeing it. We were so bad at the back, considering yeah. sloppy goals. But now we're starting to look a lot stronger. Max Clareworth... I think has come on leaps and bounds and been exceptional, partly because he knows he's a starting centre-back now, where his, whereas before, partly because Harry Lennon's injury, of course, he used to think that no matter how well I play, I'll probably get dropped and someone else is fit. But now he's he's there on merit. You know, he deserves to be there. Aaron Hayden, he has been arguably player of the season. He has Phenomenal. been exceptional. We'll get onto the midfield in a minute and they deserve a lot of praise this week. I mean... The thing is, you can easily just pile the praise on Mullen and Davis because they are incredible. Palmer as well. But then, oh, let's go to midfield now, I guess, then. For me, it is the likes of Clareworth Hayden, who are defenders, I know. And then Luke Young has been so good for the last month, month and a half, two months, really. Yeah, under the radar. His pass for Jordan Davis, exceptional on Tuesday night against Kings Lynn. And James Jones, I know the calibre of opposition's not been good in the last two games, 
He was excellent against Aldershot. I think he got two assists in that game, a quick free kick, and then he did the high press as well for one of the goals against Kings Lynn. Okay, they might be crap. They might be going down. You know, down with the Dover, we were singling them last night. But <laughs> he's still done his job, and he's really seems to almost be reinvigorated by the presence of Tom O'Connor, who has got this injury, will be out for a little while. He's had a scan that, you know, was... they did. He, he played through the games fine. They did Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. He was fine. On the Friday, after they'd done all their set-piece training and they'd done their match prep, he went for a scan and there was an underlying injury which hasn't been addressed. So he's got to be out, I'm going to say, a week or two still yet from now. It's not serious long-term, but, you know, he'll probably be out on the sidelines for a while. And, you know, I think that's almost reinvigorated James Jones because before he could play almost as badly as he wanted, but he wasn't going to get dropped. But now he knows mm. he will. What I would say, I think, you know, it's there's a big emphasis, isn't there, when people talk about other people's teams. And and I've been guilty of it, you know, when looking at other, say, well, that's that's definitely going to be a win for them. And, and nationally, it just doesn't work like that. I think when you look at James Jones, you could say, well, it is just Kings Lynn or it is just Aldershot. Or, and, you know, people will go on and on. It is just whoever Yeovil. But I think you look at a period, Rich, towards the end of the year, I'm thinking November, late November to December, that kind of period. You look at it and you go, well, we had a nil-nil at home to Wealdston where he played. You know, again, hugely ineffective in that game. I think he'd tell you that himself. We then went to Dover, didn't we? And we scraped. A, did Jordan Davis score straight from a corner? Something ridiculous. Where I know yeah. fans were really upset there. We, we we struggled really badly. Again, he did. He didn't play great there. And then the game after that, we we stutter on TV past a Weymouth side again. Had very little influence. So, okay, you can point to level of opposition, but I just think there's a. I don't know what it is. There's just a confidence to his game now, and and that comes against. You know, he played well against Chesterfield. Play well against Kings Lynn. I just think he needed games back to back where he played well. I remember we went to Barnet earlier in the season and I think he was pulled out of the lineup. He's seen Luke Young come on massively. I think Luke Young's been, he wouldn't, probably wouldn't win it, but I think he's been one of the players of the month. Uh, I think he's just really, really done a very good job and I'm, I'm delighted for him because, yeah, he's, he's obviously been the scapegoat for, for a lot of people in, in terms of that early season uh, form and, and you can just see that the level's being raised now throughout that squad, whether that was just Tom O'Connor coming in, just giving everyone a little bit of a lift in training, you know, more competition for places. And sometimes it can go the other way, Rich. You're left out and you've got people moaning and you hear whispers as a reporter, so-and-so's unhappy and they feel neglected and, and this and that. I don't think we've heard any of that this year. And and in, form, you know, in previous Wrexham squads, we, we've had players on from those squads. I'm not going to name names, but... You know, there, there have been talks of bad apples here and there. And for this squad, I think there's a lot of camaraderie. Someone was telling me at the club about how Paul Mullin and uh, Ollie Palmer have become very good good mates, good friends off the pitch. Yeah. You know, apparently Paul Mullin has just befriended him. And, and I know Ollie's new in the area with his family. And that's just that, that's a great story to hear. You saw that video. I don't know if you saw the video, Rich, of... Dan Jarvis, you know, not involved, must be frustrating for him, having been in, in recently playing sort of keepy-ups or, or the Ronda, I don't know what you'd call it, with, yeah, with the ball boys at halftime. He was trying to do time. one of those challenges where he keeps you know. it up and each ball boy takes it in turns to head it back to him. <laughs> and I think the first, because I was watching it at halftime, strangely enough, it caught right. my eye, and five or six and managed it, and the last few, you know, it, it, it didn't go as cleanly as you'd like. It's like, <laughs> that, you know, it used to be that viral clip of people like trying to do keep and get it up. in a bin. Yeah, and then the bin at the end. But there, there yeah. wasn't a bin. But um, there was there was I, no. Bin I mean, you talk about Palmer balls. and Mullen. That is just game recognizes game, isn't it? From the off there, and I think that this really is a likable group of players as well. Mm. I know I'm not saying there's not been necessarily in the past. I mean, but who's the just, most likable? Rich still Mullen, I think for me. I think he's the one that he just gets sung gets about it, the most. He? He's just he's got an he's just got something about his personality where he's very relatable to a lot of the fan base. Everyone loves strikers, don't they? That's why I think that I would love it. I you know I think it will be Mullin or, or Davis that wins player of the season and that will be a podcast in the weeks to come when we get towards the end but I would love it if if a defender or a goalkeeper I think Rob Layton's got a great shout and I'll make my case why and I, I think Aaron Hayden's got a great shout I'd love I'd love it for one of those because I just think there's a lot the of players in that group that do yeah yeah and I'm I'm, a, I'm big on that but just just to go back to to James Jones if as we suspect that Tom O'Connor 
I think what 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 the what the James Jones uptick in form does going into what is a massive game. You hope he goes into that full of confidence. You know, he got man of the match, didn't he, against Kings Lynn? So, you know, he should be should be bouncing bouncing off the walls of confidence. What I think it does is it means you don't need to rush Tom O'Connor back. Do you know what I mean? I think you and look, you saw it. You, it took Davis off, and and a, and a fire in midfield because what was the b- big issue at the beginning of the season, Rich? It was. Oh God, we've got no, we we have nobody to really change the game. You know, Young hasn't hit his best form. Jones just looks kind of a shell of the player. David Jones isn't playing. Um, you know, Dan Jarvis was sort of nowhere to be seen, injured for a bit, nasty injury. French wasn't going to go in midfield. We we had Toza there for a bit. We had a, you know we're talking about a year of the podcast earlier in the podcast. We were talking about you know do we put Toza in CDA? I remember Grimsby away. We were talking about. What do we need to do? Do you put Tozer in there? And and now that just seems a lifetime ago, you know, Tozer and Hayden. And what I think I'm looking at most now is partnerships. You know, it's quite made me laugh, actually, that BBC Wales are talking about how Cloweth is keeping Harry Lennon out of the team. I think an injury is probably keeping Harry yeah. Lennon out of the team more than uh, Bats Cloweth. But, you know, he, he's another a brilliant player and it will absolutely get Young Player of the Year without a shadow of a doubt. What I think now is you're going to play that back three every game now provided they're fit between now and the end of the season, touch wood. Um, and, then, and, you know, and you're going to have Ollie Palmer and, and Paul Mullen at the top every game. You're going to have Leighton in there. That's important, Rich, going into a playoffs. You you want nine, ten. I mean, if you've got 11, great. You want nine or ten locks, play together every week. We know the wing-backs. We, we, if you go back and listen if you want to our kind of great wing-back debate. I think they're kind of settling on that now. Riesel Johnson is 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 now for me a lock on that right side. Probably the left one is up for debate, and and you want those locks and you want people that are going to come in off the bench. Liam McAlinden at, uh, against Kings Lynn and people like Dan Jarvis. You want these people chomping at the bit to to come in and make a difference, and that will be the difference maker when it comes to the playoffs, Rich, because you know how nip and tuck it is. Think back to that Eastleigh game. You're looking for someone to maybe change the game if it's not working. Do you know what I mean? So. James Jones coming on, if he forms that good partnership with with um, Luke Young or, you know, you want you want a position where Tom O'Connor doesn't just come back in by default. You want Tom O'Connor to get fit and, and earn his spot back in the team and fair play to him. It's going to be a hell of a fight. Yeah, exactly. And you've mentioned it as well on the podcast in the in the past. It's just about having that those competition for places. And I, I guess another element of this, which is going to be interesting to see him, again, you said touch, touch words, fingers crossed that, Jordan Davis is back for that game against Borenwood uh, on Tuesday night because, of course, he was replaced early on against Kingsland on Tuesday night. He limped out of the game. Uh, afterwards, Phil Parkinson said, Parkinson said that his calf has tightened up, unfortunately, so that is a blow for us. He said he... He said he. Oh, the leader live has put. He said twice, so that's a typo. I will have to report that to the uh, to the editor. He said he felt it in the warm up. Maybe he should have flagged it up, but before he's got his goal, and hopefully it is not too serious. We will get him assessed, and hopefully he'll be back sooner rather than later. Jordan Davis, like we said, you almost don't have to mention that him and Mullen have played well because you know they've both been excellent in these sort of games. You know, particularly Davis, he's just been good in these sort of games as well all season, and he's just really leading by example, and it's just. You know, I mean, there's a World Cup at the end of the year. Maybe when we're in League Two, we might have to have an international oh. break imposed on us because everyone knows, you know, we it was Div Gwild, Derry Sant this week as well. And the club did really well at that. You know, we had the choir before kickoff, which was a really nice touch. Well, flags being handed out as well across the Kairas. And Paul Mullin had his own mug released in the club Unbelievable. shop. Unbelievable. And like we said on Twitter, at Rob Ryan Red on Twitter, by the way. If Lovely plug. Nice. Thank you very much. I'm getting better at this. A bit more slick, isn't it? <laughs> Just when you thought that you couldn't love Paul Mullen anymore, he had his mug released. I mean, I think these were probably ordered maybe at the start of preseason due to the players who were on the initial batch. It would have been before Mullen had actually signed, um, you know, when Jake Hyde was in. But Paul Mullen wow. has his own mug. And the club website reads, Mullen qualifies to play for Wales through his ancestry and requested that the that a dry gorch be added to his mug as opposed to the English flag. So it's like a Panini sticker, Paul Mullen, number 10 for Wrexham, with a Welsh flag. Absolutely love it. But what a man he is. And again, that was another one that sort of boiled some uh, some piss in the, uh, in, the, yeah. in the comments of a fan saying, who plays in the fifth division? Let him enjoy I saw it. That. Just like, I saw that. Who cares? Bizarre. Why are you getting so rattled? Just social media. Just chill out. If you don't agree with it's something, not, it's not you healthy. don't have to reply. Like we're not going to reply to you. We don't care if if you don't. Like if 
I just I just don't get I go, it. I, 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 go, get I, go it. On a, I go on a liking spree sometimes just to acknowledge certain things, but certain stuff I might... I love football to pieces. Rich, it's our jobs. We write about it. We talk about it. You know, without it, we, we'd, be, we'd be lost. But I don't know about you. I get disappointed when Wrexham lose, but if another team does well, I it really... Am I just not normal? It just, it just doesn't really bother me that much. No, I just... I'm a Wrexham oh. fan, so I care about what Wrexham do. Do you know what why, I mean? Like, why is it bothering you? Like Wrexham players go elsewhere. I don't then suddenly have a an absolute you know hatred for insert X bizarre. But you know what, Rich? It's, it's a bit of fun. Yeah, but you know what I mean. Adi Yusuf, I didn't then suddenly have some vendetta about ensuring that Adi Yusuf never slept. I mean, he, he looked after that himself by just not scoring. Um, I didn't need to do anything <laughs> about that, to be honest. Uh, I think he just liked being an insomniac. That was a weird celebration. That was you know, if you're that a fifth was division striker. Yeah, if you're a fifth, if you're a fifth division striker, with all due respect, I know we've got Mullin now. He's clearly not a fifth division striker. But I mean, if you are actually a fifth tier striker, and you're su- suggesting that if you don't score, you're not going to sleep, you may as well just call yourself an insomniac. I mean, you know, you're you're clearly not banging in the goals. I mean, if Shamanga probably sleeps quite well. But other than that, if you had a Yusuf, I didn't understand that. But anyway, by the bye, Rich, you just we're talking about ex strikers not sleeping. Yeah, well, and like this is what I was gonna say. I'm I was ex- fully expecting a gold Omateo goal on Tuesday night, and I was gold just thinking Omateo. we've gone from signing Gold Omateo and Chris Sang to Ollie Palmer and Paul Mullin. I'm just gonna enjoy it. Do you know what I mean? We're on this <laughs> roller coaster. We don't know how long this is gonna last. But, but you I'm know what, Rich? Enjoy it. We'll I'm never go- we'll we'll never forget though. We'll never yeah. forget now that if if Younger Wrexham fans come in and they they get brought up with the club, and God knows we're we're championship team or whatever the case may be, and and you you know regularly getting great players, we can say you know we remember Michael Bakari, Norton, and people will just shrug. They won't have a clue who it is. They'll be like, uh, who are these people? That that can't be real. You know when Wrexham are playing Man Jermaine City or whatever, Rob. Jim Jim yeah. I mean we 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 got caught in a loop like this before where we just started rattling off. Uh, random names so we'll kind of end that before jonathan franks um well it yeah i've i I once was on jonathan franks's wikipedia page and maybe it was for the podcast maybe it's just my own amusement but i think he ended up somewhere in scandinavia just a bit lost uh bouncing around the leagues rich the the main point of of this first half of the podcast is it there's so much to be excited about there's a lot there that you're seeing okay it might not be parkiola ball or whatever but it was never going to be that no but and it I doesn't need to be that it doesn't need to, to jump be that in that the football mm. i think mainly because the opposition has been lower it's better the last couple of games it hasn't been as much hoof ball it has been more considerate on the on the ground and i think that's why young and jones have both improved as well because that young the, ball that young ball to jordan davis is at, i mean the angle we shared on twitter is is superb i mean He's just perfectly weighted. I mean, you you were behind that in the tech end, Rich. It's just a yeah, perfectly weighted ball, isn't it? Sensational delivery. I was trying to think of like, <laughs> I've been trying to think of like names I can call him. Like, you know, not, not I'm not saying like Luke Iniesta and that sort of crap, but like something that actually works. I can't think of any off the top yeah, of my head. Yeah, um, I, I think of like Freddie Youngberg, but that's basically his name. <laughs> um, no, I don't actually, that, that made me laugh. Um, yeah, we'll try to think of I mean, it for next uh, week, maybe. But yeah. yeah. You know, Come on, you, you, got... you're good. You're the wordsmith of this podcast. You've come up with all the chants and uh, you'll think of something. Yeah. Uh, there's I'll no way you can sort of get Luke... Luke, Luke Young and Kevin De Bruyne, that's going to be tricky. But uh, no, you know what? It, it There's a lot to like, Rich, and the post you put out about James Jones, I think I'm just really pleased for him because it must have been frustrating as hell because clearly he's a very good player. And for whatever reason, it's been a slower adaptation to the league. That You know, he's on worse pitches, and I'm not trying to make excuses. He's been poor, but... For him to come good now, now is the time to come good. If you're ever going to come good, now is the time. It going into that final phase of the season. We're in March, Rich. Was it two months to go? And then we'll be there, dagging them away, final game of the season. Hopefully, hoisting the title. God, it's exactly. going to be, it's going to be hectic, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And I think as well that's another important thing. Let's just enjoy it. And I don't care 
every player's got a bad patch and I know that you can be critical and if we're going to be critical which we have been we've also got to give people praise and that comes to the manager to the players off the field on the field everything around the club we just want to give our opinions and, and shed light on it all and you know you did say at the start of the podcast now that there are some issues we need to address and that brings us do I say on nicely I'm not sure it is nicely but it's it certainly does need to be tackled it was we got that message, didn't we, I think, last week that Wrexham were going to open up the season ticket renewal process much earlier in the season than, than is tradition. Understandable, maybe something to do with cash flow revenues, maybe it's just planning ahead to see who's committed to next season already, etc., etc. There's reasons for it. But not every fan will be able to keep the seat that they've got at the moment. So 204 fans in the Mould Road stand, some of them who have been there for, well, we're going to hear from one in a minute, who's been there for 14 years, found out over email that they will not be allowed to keep the same seats that they've been in for so long next season either. I mean, we'll probably get into a debate on this maybe afterwards, but I think now is probably the best time to introduce Joe Edwards, who you might have seen on social media already this week as well. He was the person who brought this to to my attention. He uploaded a screenshot of the email he got, which said, as you've probably seen, we've recently announced the renewal process for existing season ticket holders opens today unfortunately due to stadium changes your current seat has been highlighted as being unavailable to renew for the upcoming season so this is joe edwards i'm about to introduce now this is his story how long he's been there 14 years in the mold road stand and he's been told he can't keep the seat next season just for clarity just those listening then so whereabouts is it you sit at the race course uh it's pg6 um in the mold road stand um so right right in the center people yeah people sort of look at the stadium it's the new mold road stand and you're sort of slap bang in the middle near the top is it yeah uh slightly below the access accessible platform for disabled people just below that yeah and in terms of these season tickets then how long have you had them in that in that area yeah, um, 14 years, so I'm only 22, so it's all I can remember, really. Um, eight years uh, since I was eight, yeah. So when you think of all these good Wrexham home games, beating Chester, the games against Salford, um, down in the Football League as well, they've all been in those seats. Yeah, 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 same spot. <laughs> and I presume there's other people near you as well who've probably even been there longer than 14 yeah, years. that's the thing. You, when you go, obviously, I don't know people around us that much but you see them every other Saturday every other Tuesday you get to know them you talk to them and yeah some of them have been there uh, since Mold Road opened it's yeah, yeah it's worse for them so then this week we see that season tickle and yours are open we all sort of think well, that's a bit early but I kind of I kind of get it I think everyone got this email where it said the seat's unavailable even mine did even though my seat is still available but you logged on and actually saw that it said you can't have these seats next season what was your initial reaction to that? Um, when I first saw it, I thought it's going to be because every time this ticket's released for every away game, there's problems, isn't there? So I just thought oh, it's just be like a glitch or another problem, like like there always is sort of thing. I was actually I was off work on Monday, so I popped down to the club and I just I just I asked, "Is it right?" And um, I, feel, I felt sorry for the, the women in the ticket office because they're going to take the brunt of it. Um, but yeah, they were, they were lovely with me, and um, yeah, they advised me it was. The 1864 suite um, taking over the seats. I think it's three rows. So then I was offered. They showed me on the on the monitor um, all the other seats that are available. But it's just it's just the shit seats that no one wants on either side of the old road. So closer to the cop and closer to the gus. So, yeah, that low corners then. And like yeah. you said, there's a reason they weren't sort of chosen in the first place. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the cl- and the club is saying it's going to be 204 supporters affected by this. Mm-hmm. Was was there any contact before the announcement, or was it a shock on the day? No, it's just uh, the same email I posted on Twitter. It's just a script. It's just a, a generic email, not personalised to anyone. Just saying your suits are available. And the thing is, on the email, it doesn't actually tell you why. It's it's only took for us asking them, um, for them to give us a reason, sort of thing. Yeah. So it's two hundred and four people. So you might not be nowadays. It's not that many, is it? But a few seasons ago. Um, that would have been 10 or 11% of the total season ticket holders because we only had two or 3,000 season ticket holders a few years ago. So if you, if you think of it 
from that point of view, it's, it's a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, and like you said as well, we might be moving forward and trying to get new fans, but surely it's the ones who've been there 14 years ago. I know that even with season, uh, away tickets this season, there's been that debate to mm-hmm. maybe what you call legacy fans that have had more, more of a preference or whatever, but the point is you should all be treat, treated equally, and oh, yeah. it seems like that's, that's maybe not the case at this moment in time. So in terms of these like-for-like seats then, mm-hmm. are there none that take your fancy whatsoever? Are they all sort of just the leftovers? All, all the leftovers, yeah. It's all right. Well, not all right, but it's less, less, less a problem for me because I'm only 22, but there's people who I sit around and they're in their 70s and 80s. You can't, you can't, but they sit there for a reason because it's the, it's the best view in the house. You can't expect them to watch a game from the corner, like, you know what I mean? It's... And in terms of the decision then, do you think that this is a decision they've made maybe too early, trying to maybe cash in on getting more corporate hospitality when they should be treating the, the fans first? I saw the, the, they've put a statement out today saying that it was for broadcasting media requirements and corporate, uh, corporate hospitality. So you think the broadcasting media requirements, that must be if we go up to the EFL. So it's not relevant yet, is it? It's, and then... The corporate hospitality bit, yeah, that's for the 1864 suite. I just think it's all, it's the timing of it, it's just the worst thing. If they did it a year ago, after lockdowns and stuff, it would have been easy, because you didn't have all the new season ticket holders, you could have moved everyone around, and new season ticket holders would have got the choice of what they're giving us now, sort of thing. But, or yeah. they can wait. If they wait three years when the cop's done, I think a quarter of the mold road will go on the cop anyway. So you're going to have, everyone will have a better choice. But doing it now, you, it's just, you're stuck with, between a rock and a hard place because you can't, there's no other option really. Yeah, like you said, I guess it's just, in the last few months, particularly since there's been some sort of forward planning issues mm. that we've all seen. And I guess to play devil's advocate, I'm not saying this is what I believe, but we voted for the takeover. Oh, yeah. We sort of relinquished control of what happens. Is this just a part of modern football then, or do you think that something should be done? It is, yeah. And I complete, I've seen, I've had a few replies saying that, and yeah, I completely get where they're coming from. But this is just, I agree, I agree it's got to be done, but it's just the timing. It's too, it's too way too early and where we're we going, because even where we're sitting now, we've got all the boxes behind us. They're, they're not full every game. So you would have, you'd have a sectioned off bit for the 1864 suite if it goes ahead. And I guarantee you it won't be full every game. So, Naif, it's an interesting one, isn't it? I mean, as we touched upon there, when we decided to sell the club, you know, it was a unanimous vote for that. We've almost relinquished that control and we got TikTok as our sponsors and Hollywood owners. You know, the corporate hospitality world is a big one. I'm sure that some of the appointments we made last summer as well, they've come from Premier League clubs where this is, you know, customary. It's a big revenue stream, something that's untapped at Wrexham and definitely a lot of potential for growth, but something just doesn't quite sit right in the way it's been handled, at least. No, it, yeah, it doesn't It doesn't sit right with me, Rich, much as charging for the centenary didn't sit right at the time and junior we dragons. tackled that on the you know we tackled that on the podcast junior dragons doesn't sit well with me and and i get that for some people they think this is a business and we want to progress as a club and we want all those things there is nobody joe and and, and the whole you know the other 203 none of those want to see Wrexham stagnate and stall all want to be the best club possible but there's there's ways you do certain things, and for all the good that's been done, there have been occasions throughout the the, the, the sort of the own the stewardship, whatever you call it, so far, where there have been missteps. I think that's natural, and it's it's about fronting up. And what I do want to do, Rich, before we maybe get into why it's so problematic, you know, very quickly, what I would say is you say in an email, it it wasn't in any way a, a personalized email. It was a it was a BCC email to you know, to everyone they'd argue that the you know, club go on to say and i'll read that out that they contacted each fan individually while that is strictly true i think there are ways you could have done it okay yes it's a lot of letter writing or it's a lot of phone calls to make but you know, you've got to understand this is a as joe said he's never watched Wrexham from a different seat that is and, and i know and i know joe goes home and away and is a dedicated fan and we don't need to get into 
you know, who's a bigger fan and, you know, important. But we saw on social media again, you know, some of the seats have very, you know, important value to people, people who have passed away and it's that's been passed down a generation to, to people. Now, look, some of those fans in there have already been moved. They got moved once when the disability platform, what was that, five years ago, um, came in or four or five years ago and they got they moved once. So they were fine with that. It's important that, you know, and I'm an advocate for that. My granddad being disabled, I'm an advocate for more disabled viewing platforms. Did a project on that a long time ago at university. Um, and they were happy to move for that, a fan told me, uh, kind of off off the podcast. Um, and you're just getting moved again. And it, it, there's being moved, Rich, and there's being moved to the corner, say the corner yeah, of the Moldwood well, stand, a-, a completely different, that is a completely different offering. Even moved to, say, the lower tech end, that is a completely different viewpoint entirely. For, for some people, that isn't, for some people, that isn't on, that's not what they want. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, well, that's what Joe said. He said the best seat in the house, and now you're getting sort of the dregs of, you know, we've had so many season ticket holders this this season. And no offence, but the reason those seats are still empty is because people didn't really want them. So you're going from Mm. arguably the best seats in the house to the worst. And, you know, we're going to try and have some balance. And I know that Tommy Cowes tweeted this before, and one of the Mm. responses was from Gary Davis. And he said... You can't cheer when we sign players for £300,000 and then boo when we raise funds to make signings like that via corporate hospitality. Fans need to give their heads a wobble and see the bigger picture. And we did mention this with Joe, that you know this is just an element maybe of modern football that you've got to live with it, but modern football is very flawed and that doesn't mean it's correct. And you know the reason I wanted to get him on and hear his voice was because I don't sit there. I'm not actually affected no, by it. Neither so do it's I. hard for me to comment because I've not got the same emotional investment to it because this might this will sound blasé, but I'll still be going and sitting in my usual seat, so it won't yeah, necessarily yeah. affect me. But that's not the point. And right, but, I but do on un- that point, Rich, on that point, what I would say is I'm, I'm not a junior dragon. I'm, exactly. you know, I'm not... Uh, I'm trying to think of the, I'm, I, I did go in the Centenary Club, but I'm not you know, a Centenary Club regular. I don't have a family that I take in there, the entire family. But it's important that, you know, we have a platform, however big or, or small it is, we we, we have a, a medium by which to address these things. And I think it's important to, you know, we can empathise. And I think it, it took it took a while. It took a little while to, for the club to, to come out and address it. And I do want to just read, Rich, if, if you'll uh, sort of humour me the moment, um a statement that was made to North Wales Live. So Tommy Cowes, Tom Lewis, um, kudos to him for the story he wrote. And he said, uh, a, representative, a representative of the club told North Wales Live, Rex Mercy recently announced our season ticket renewal process for the 22-23 season with the exclusive renewal period for existing season ticket holders open until April 13th. As communicated, there are a small number of seats previously available that will not be available for 2023 these seats are no longer available for season tickets for a number of reasons namely media and broadcasting requirements corporate hospitality segregation or that they were enabled in areas where that were inadvertently made available last season the this is this is where the, the bone of contention comes in now the club contacted each of the 204 affected supporters individually and we are currently working with all of those affected to find alternative seats we will contact them again at the end of the renewal period and if we aren't able to find a suitable alternative at this time. We understand supporters' frustrations at having to move, sometimes from seats they've held for a number of seasons, which Joe alluded to, and we'll be doing our utmost to ensure appropriate alternative seating is found. That's also very tricky given the circumstances. It ends with this. The Rex Mosley ticket office has already confirmed that those who sit together in family or friend groups will be able to move together at the appropriate time so that's important in there for balance that's what the club have said you know we have had responses from other people uh i'm just going to go to one now rich you come on the twitter page alwyn who i always pronounce wrong I, I i put out the part of the statement about the contact and he put you know he's within the 204 and he put all we have we've all received the very cold and generic email attached he put the email he put on monday i called the club and i emailed twice nobody replied with an explanation or a plan, many others in our rows are also awaiting contact from the club. And I guess from your chat, Rich, Joe has has also been speaking about this at the Kings of the game to, to those around him. And it seems like they're maybe not going to take this line down. No, exactly. And I think that you know Joe acknowledged himself there from the chat that they do 
reluctantly do understand that that is part of the business side of, of football and that is very very aware of what we are now you know we are more of a corporate sort of brand as well you know whether you like it or not like i said we've got tiktok on the front of our shirts we're aviation gin on our sleeves expedia on the the neckline you know there's big business involved and big money and big potential for us to grow as well so you can kind of understand that but it's the fact that we pride on ourselves in being a community club a family club someone who puts the fans first a club that's only here because of the fans we survived because supporters going out of their way giving everything they had their time their love their energy their money for this club to survive and now at one of the first opportunities, we're going for corporate gains rather than doing maybe what's right for, for those who have stuck with us for so long. And it is a really difficult situation. It's a really tricky one. You can, if you take a step back, understand where the club are coming from. But yeah, it does sound like those involved in the 204, I believe at the Kingsland game, they sort of made almost a petition. They wrote down who they are, how long they've held their seats for, what it means to them, and they, they want to sort of pass that message onto the board for them to reconsider it. And it's a really tricky one because either way, there's going to have to be a compromise, isn't there? And it's going to be interesting. Hopefully they can meet in the middle. Hopefully there's an alternative. But that's what the issue is from the initial, from that, from the relocation point of view is, mm. like I said, you're going from the best seats in the house, arguably, to mm. to the ones that are left what, over. What is, the, what is the compromise though? Do you know what I mean? If, if I that's think you the just plan, delay it. I think you delay it yeah. until the cop's opened, as Joe says. I think a lot of people would relocate to the cop if given the opportunity. There's, you know, It sounds like the part of the cop redevelopment would also cater for new hospitality yeah. as well and corporate you know, seating and elements like that. So I'd what, say you'd what, almost delay yeah. it because those boxes aren't going to be... <laughs> For some games, they are going to be sold. Well, that was my but point. You're not selling them out on point. Tuesday night for Kingsland at home. And you're almost point, yeah. making like a championship Premier League sort of level hospitality sector for non-league football. And I know that with the the new... I'm going to call them co-owners again. Excuse my, my bad vocabulary on that. Chairman. There you the, go, chairman. The co-chairman, having them in charge is going to attract maybe more high stakes clientele or whatever or people who want to cash in and buy in a bit of our success and that's that is just you know part and parcel of of what we are now but it just feels like we're still trying to run when we've not learned how to walk yet yeah i think what i would say is tough decisions are always going to be made you know that certain things that there are there are obvious ones which don't need to be made you don't need to charge for entry into a supporters bar that's attached that's attached to the ground in under any circumstance for me you don't need to do that. there's no reason I've, I've never come across and and i've been to a lot of football clubs where they are charging on the door for entry to a clubhouse i've never come across that especially at this level i've never heard of that well there's one um, in the FA cup who uh charged for me just to go to their matches so. well yeah yeah we weren't, we weren't gonna well we're playing them very soon tuesday but i won't i won't name that team you can join the dots yourself um yeah, that was ridiculous. The day I had to go there, I had to Geraint, um, Ger, lovely Geraint, had to put me down as a Wrexham director for the day. Um, we won one nil. Connor Jennings scored. But what I would say, yeah, tough decision to be made. Do I think? I I do think this has been done with the best will in the world from that perspective. You know, we've got a new finance manager, we've got a new commercial director, and I think they've probably gone white. We're we're largely selling out the seven or eight boxes. We can do more. We can do two more, three more, whatever it may be. Probably two more, and and then you get more in the cop. But it, it yeah, it just it just there's ways you can do it. And I think you, you remember a while ago, Rich. It's kind of fallen by the wayside a bit now. There there was talk about a fan board or a fan group that would liaise with the board. Like a, uh, I don't know what the actual term was. Like a almost like a supporter liaison group essentially. That the, the board would use this group of fans. And that's gone very quiet, hasn't it? We've not heard of any sort of fan being promoted to a board, a body, um, as a kind of spokesperson, because that was one of the things, I guess, with the supporters' trust, you at least had, you know, uh, meetings and, and, and where you can really voice your opinions on these things. I think it would be healthy if there was, now, now restrictions are lifted, I think it would be healthy to have, you know, a fans forum every three months or whatever the case you know what I mean I feel like at a fans forum you could have had Fleur there you could have had Sean Harvey there you could have had 
I don't know, let's say Humphrey's over, you could ha- you could have these people there. You could have commercial director, um, what's his name, Andy Duff and, and the finance director. You could have those there and they could front up to these decisions and give honest responses. And that, And I'd have a lot of respect for... The integrity of that, yes, it's a tough decision. They know it will upset people, but they they can explain it to you in detail. Do I think the two hundred and four would have been happier to have had a, maybe a personal phone call told the news? I'm sure they'd still be disappointed, but at least you couldn't point to the process in which the news has been done. You know what I mean? A BCC templated email is going to get people's go up, and I totally understand that. You know, if I was sat there, that would have bothered me too. So. Look, it's about learning, isn't it? We're still in the fifth division, Rich, as much as we might go up and we might do this. If it is, you know, for dread to think, but if it is uh, kind of, you know, wields the next season at home and, you know, are we going to be flogging? You know what I mean? You've got to, we've got to, got to think it through before you start making championship level decisions, league one level decisions. Yeah, exactly. And I think, like you said, it, for me, it just boiled down to where, where, no matter what decision the club decides to go for, it's been handled badly. These people should be consulted before the emails are, are going around. You shouldn't be having to make club staff in the club shop have to deal with it and make it their problem. Someone needs to take accountability. Someone needs to take ownership. Someone needs to consult these fans long before it's actually announced. And you know they just need to be they need to be told well well in advance. And hopefully the compromises are already sort of in place before before the statement's released but like I said it's an active story we'll keep you up to date on future podcasts as it goes along and like we are trying to bring the balance to it all and you know if there's any other issues that are close to your heart please do get involved please do messages and we will try to cover them as well because we want to you know we're not saying that we've, we've got the power to make massive change but we want to to voice your opinions and and make sure that any concerns you have are voiced and alternatively any positives any success stories we want to have voiced as well and yeah email us email us if you want they're always nice when we get those rob ryan red at gmail.com uh if you want to tweet us you can do that at rob ryan red and if you're very one of the lucky few that has us on facebook or as our personal twitters then yeah get in touch you know we the the podcast account has been brilliant i think for us i know it was, i'm talking about talking about myself and I know I'm sure Rich echoes this it's it's been brilliant Rich for us to connect to so many fans that maybe we didn't know before that you know tag us in various things and can have a laugh and a joke and can celebrate can come on Twitter spaces and talk about it and laugh at our rivals but it's also an important place where we as reporters feel like we can give a platform where if you want to talk about whether you want to talk about you know I, I, I'm still very keen to do something in the coming weeks with Dragon Chat and mental health and that sort of thing and we're working hard to do something there or if you want to talk about junior dragons which we've had before loads of different things so i think hopefully after a year of the podcast we're giving that this is a very this is a very important issue for people will say a select few and you, you can crunch the number as much as you want it's still 204 very very passionate Wrexham fans and i'm passionate on their behalf about it so yeah Let's, it's, I, know, I get for some people that is a little bit of a dampener uh, in the podcast, but look, it's a week in the life of Wrexham. This has been a big dominating story, as well as the five win streak. And hopefully, Rich, Tuesday, hopefully six, hopefully six wins. Uh, and that would really, that'd be quite something, wouldn't it, if, you, if, we, if we back it up on Tuesday. We've gone on one at Chesterfield. You were there uh, with friend of the pod, James Kelly, but Tuesday's another different kettle of fish, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I, I can't wait. I'm so excited for that one. Again, that's going to be a real test, a real barometer to know where exactly we're at in, in, in this season, just how strong those credentials are. Because again, the caveat is that games played have never really evened out this season. So I think we've always been sort of falsely a position or two ahead of, of where we actually are at. Right now, I'd say we are fourth. Maybe I'd say, yeah, okay. we're probably fourth in the table. Because again, the other sort of mistake you can fall into is you look at games in hand and you just presume it's three points. This is the National League. We've seen teams get National Leagued, Maidenhead, you know, they do what they do. Someone might drop points to Weymouth. They might drop points to Kings Lynn. Mm. You know, you just don't know. Yeah, we nearly dropped points to Wealdstone. There's so many twists and turns yet. That who knows what's going to happen, but we will and the be trophy there. to come up. We will be there, exactly. Rich. But I, I, I don't know. Are you going to that very quick? Because I, I feel like I do want to go. But last time I, uh, last time I went, it was the Harry Lennon handball gate. But 
Oh, the Friday like said, nights I being do streamed. Know. Do I? Do I? Yeah. Do I go? Is the question. Yes, the fact that it's being streamed answer. almost puts me off because it's like, well, that's ten pounds and I can watch from the comfort of my home. Otherwise, I'm finishing work early. I've got to get transport to Nottingham. I've got to pay for my match oh. ticket, get food there, then come back home as well. The road to Wembley is on still. But look, Tuesday night first, Rich, you're going to be there. It's going to be, but they'll probably be. Boreham would have apparently sold out their allocation for Everton. I'm not so sure all of those fans are going to be there uh, Tuesday night at the race course. Do you? I don't think they're all going to be there. But, oh, it's just a huge game, isn't it? It's just an absolutely massive game. And we yeah. will be there all the step, every step of the way. All the steps. Every step of the way. Thank you so much for listening again. What are we on now? 57 episodes. We're flying through, Rich. We're going to be, God, we're going to be 100 episodes sooner than later. And as I think you can still vote for us if you want. Uh, thanks to everyone who has that's very kind uh you can vote for us i think still uh podcast of the year non-league bible podcast of the year and i'm sure that would be our most prized possession rich if we were lucky enough to win that and beat the stockport county boys for that uh yeah that's there's nothing more from me you can sort of sign us out rich because you're that voice of you've got that nice soothing voice and that nice positivity to sort of round out a podcast yeah and i just want to say put you on the spot congratulations to you as well naif for being thank you so you're an award-winning journalist you came thank you very much podium place we'll say in the british sports journalism awards for young journalist of the year it's very That's kind rich you're making very... me blush you're making me well blush. we can now technically call ourselves a, maybe not an award-winning po- podcast but we've got an award winner contributing to the podcast so 50% of this podcast is winning a podium place. And that's a, that's good enough for me. Let's that hope is. Wrexham are getting a similar finish, at least in the Vanarama National League this season. There is a lot to play for yet. Thank you very much for joining us, wherever you might be in the world. As always, stick with us on social media. And please do leave us a like and a review if you haven't already. And we will see you again next time. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got butt for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.